Welcome to Truth in the Word. Join us today as we allow the Word of God to be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Now, here's your host, Pastor Jim Newsom. Yes, good morning. This is Pastor Jim Newsom, and this is uh, Truth in the Word on Biblical News Report Talk Radio. It's the uh, second day of November, 2020. We're broadcasting today from North Central, West Virginia. I'm going to continue on today in the last book of Hebrews. Last time we we, uh, focused on one verse, let brotherly love continue, but we're going to go on today and expound upon the Word of God in that particular chapter. But before we do, let's go to prayer. Precious Heavenly Father, we ask you, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you anoint your Word. And Lord, you said it won't come back void, but it'll do that what you sent it to do. And in this day and this hour, let your Word take root in our hearts, that we might be strengthened, encouraged, and that your Word might be a lamp to our feet. And we pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Hebrews 13. I'm going to talk today about, about warnings and requests. Talk about the Lord is my helper. Like I said last time, we uh, talked about let brotherly love continue. And how important it is to stay in the unity of the faith, to love one another even as Christ loved the church. Hebrews 13, verse 2. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers. In other words, uh, those that uh, show up on the earth, angelic beings. uh, The Word of God says that they are God's creation. And God has used them down through the ages and still does. The Word of God is full of angelic beings who are the ministers of God. We'll find out here in a little bit. They are the ministers of those of the inheritance of the born again, the ones who have accepted the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, we have encounters um, with uh with Abraham, who saw who angels, Lot, also Jacob wrestled with an angel. And a lot of times, angel in the Old Testament is uh, the pre-incarnate Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Angel means messenger, and God has used him down through the ages. We know that Lucifer was an angel, the Lord still is, although be fallen. Uh, also, we have Michael, who is the guardian of Israel. And we have Gabriel, who is the messenger of the Lord, the one that showed up, told the Virgin Mary, spoke many things of what God was going to do. So the Word of God says here that uh, we might have entertained angels. So angels show up in bodily form in the form of a man or the form of a human being. But scripture records at least 104 appearances of angels to human beings. So that's quite, so we know that angels uh, are those that uh, uh, are what? Ministers of God. And they are creations. Now, 
such a thing goes on in the world today as angel worship. This is not what's meant to be. Many times we see men falling before angels and the angels of the Lord, if they be godly angels, are not fallen and they say, get up, we are your fellow servants. Then he goes on in verse 3 and he calls back to what remembrance and he says, remember them that are in bonds as you are bound with them and then would suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. So here we have the scripture requesting, and actually is it what command, that we take on the burdens of our brothers and our sisters. We have no idea what other people go through. Of course, we know what we go through. And we know that the Word of God says that the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ says by the Father's right hand to make intercession for me and you forever. Forever he makes intercession. He stands in our stead. The Bible declares that he is our advocate that sits by the Father's right hand, making intercession for me and for you, and is also in touched is also touched with our infirmities. But here is remembering those that are in problems, our fellow Christians who this day and this age, right now as we speak, are going through bonds and persecution. And the Word of God clearly points out that, that uh, we are not to live this life from a selfish standpoint, but we are to gather the burdens of others as though it was in our own body. He says, remember that are in bonds as you are bound with them, taking their burdens on, and them which suffer adversity. And many are suffering adversity. You you are suffering. I am suffering a certain amount of it. But there are those that are suffering adversity today that we need to take on their problems and situation and pray for them in a spirit of intercession. The Bible declares, God said, can I find one in the land that would be a mediator? Now we know that the ultimate mediator is Jesus Christ, one mediator between God and man, and that's the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So he says, as being yourselves in one body. In other words, if the head suffers, we all suffer. If the hand suffers, we all suffer. So the Word of God says, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning with verse 13, for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. Once again, this goes back to the unity of the body of Christ, which needs to be. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body, listen now, 14, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I am not of the body, is therefore not of the body, and if the ear shall say, because I'm not the the eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole if the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? See, but now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as have pleased Him. So we are a body. Upon this rock I shall build my church, the body of Christ, and the gates of hell will not prevail against God's church. And then he goes on to talk about marriage. 
in verse 4. Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled. Listen. But whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. So we know that the Bible declares that marriage, the institution of marriage, the Bible points out very clearly between one man and one woman. And the marriage bed constituted under the guise of the word of God is honorable. In other words, it's God's plan. It's God's plan to, to procreate. And the marriage bed is undefiled. Now, there's a lot of things we could get into on that. But the marriage bed even needs to be under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Because there's certain things we don't do according to the Word of God. Anything that would institute jealousy. Anything that would cause what division. Because when a man and woman comes together, then in the eyes of God, according to His Word, it's a sacred time to be intimate. Okay. But he says, but whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. Now, I didn't write the book. Paul wrote in what? First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 through 11, Know ye not that the unrighteousness shall... Listen, the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Asking a question, don't you know that? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor 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 adulter I'm sorry, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves of mankind, nor thieves, nor covenants, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such where some of you but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified. In the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Now you can study on your own some of those categories by which is not allowed into heaven or into the kingdom of God. And all these are points of separation for idolaters. Because that, that's the main thing. Anything you put before God separates you from God. I shall have no other gods before me. Adulterers. Amen. Fornicators which is any form of sexual activity outside of the lids of God's Word. Sex outside of marriage, homosexuality, things of this nature, according to what the Word of God says. Of course, these are covenants or drunkards or revers or extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified by the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Now, he doesn't write this to, to what condemn. He just points out the situation of things that God will not and cannot accept into his kingdom. So how do we escape the, the blunt of these things we just talked about? Accepting Jesus Christ. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. These words are not written for condemnation, but they are written for warning. People might know. For people perish for lack of knowledge. They don't know the Word of God. But if you know the Word of God and you know the light and you know that Jesus Christ can take care of all these things, if you give your life to Him, then you're responsible for that life. There's no 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 what other excuse. God never and never will justify sin. There's a spiritual law that says, <clears throat> God's not mocked at whatsoever a man sows, so shall he also reap but yet there's a love factor involved here and that comes through jesus christ he doesn't want you 
or me or anybody else to be bound by these categories or these things we just talked about, which is which separates us from God. Sin always separates us from God. And the only thing that reconciles us back to God is the blood of Jesus Christ. So the bottom line is today that Jesus loves you. He cares about you. And he wants, the Bible says, he wants to give you an expected end. He wants to prosper you in the spirit. I would that you be in health and prosper, even as your soul prospers. So many times prosperity is connected with money, but there's so much, so much more. Good mental health, good physical health, good what relationships. That God's involved in our lives. He wants the best for us. He wants the best for you today. But we cannot operate outside of the lids of God's word. God will never change. He hates sin. He always will hate sin. But he made a way that we might be free from sin. Paul wrote in the word of God and says, he said, he said sin should not have what dominion over you, Romans chapter 6. And the answer to sin is the blood of Jesus Christ. I've often said that sin is the problem that's in this world today. A little three-letter word. Everything you see going on is a fruit of sin. Verse 5. Let your conversation be without covetous, and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Now he talks about how we talk. The Bible says there's power of life and death in the tongue. That's what the Word of God says. It matters what we say. James said the tongue is the most unruly member of the body. It's like the rudder on a ship, which determines the direction of your life, the words that you speak. So so proclamations and words are so important. Power of life and death, the Bible declares, is in the tongue. So don't let your conversation be a covenants and jealousy and envy and strife in other words i just say talk positive but talk in the word of god the word of god uplifts i've heard this saying and i believe it heard for years since i was a kid that if you don't have something good to say about somebody then don't say anything at all <laughs> that's a good rule of thumb that's not necessarily scripture but it's a good rule of thumb so let your conversation be without covetous. Listen to what it says here. And be content. Man, we could preach an hour on that. With such things as you have. In other words, quit wanting what somebody else has and thank God for what you've got. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. In other words, we have the ultimate. We have Jesus Christ. So in the book of what do. The book of Deuteronomy, chapter 31, verse 6. Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, my Lord, nor forsake thee. And Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him, In the sight of all Israel, be strong and of a good courage. For thou must go with this people into the land which the Lord hath sworn unto their fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he is, he it is that doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be 
dismayed. What a promise. That carries on today into the New Testament church. We are under Jesus Christ and under him crucified. But those promises still belong. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. The Lord is my helper, we're going to find out here in the next verse, verse 6. So that we may boldly say, without reservation, the Lord is my helper. And I will not fear what man shall do unto me. The Bible says to not fear man that can destroy body or kill the body, but, just, but what fear God that can destroy both body and soul. So the writer says boldly. Now that you know that really points towards Paul, because he said things like that. Boldly, the word of God says he said we can come boldly before the throne of God, boldly with our supplications and our needs being made known unto God. Psalms twenty-seven and one: The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalms one eighteen six: The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do unto me. Hmm, pretty plain. Pretty plain. God called the prophets. I think I think it was Jeremiah. And he said, don't look at the countenance of the people. He said, I've called you. Just speak the words that I've given you. Fear not man and what man can do to you. Amen. Seven. Hebrews 13, 7. Remember them that have rule over you. Now he changes gears again. And have who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Now this is those that teach you the word of God. Now, the Bible says, remember them. Remember them. Honor them. But the Bible also says, as Paul said, about a group of people called who? The Bereans. Every time Paul would preach, they would take out scripture and compare it. In other words, teachers and preachers and pastors, whoever it might be, anybody that, that, that works in the fivefold, need to be accountable to make sure that they are preaching the pure word of God. Because the Bible plainly states, in the last days, many will give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of what devils. And many prophets shall go into the land in these last days. There will be wolves in what? Sheep's clothing. So make sure the individual that's preaching and teaching to you, get out your Bible and make sure it's the Word. It's what the Word of God tells us to do. Oh, I know so and so. He just he or she just lifts me up. I mean, that's good. It's good that you have confidence, but make sure they're preaching the word to you. I'm sorry. That's what the word of God says. Well, they never leave me. No problem. Maybe not, but there are some out there who want to, okay, for their own uh, ill gain. That's what the word of God says. We'll use the scriptures as a time to gain. The Bible calls this usury. Okay. So considering the end of their conversation, verse 8 <clears throat> Then he says, who? Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Amen. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, verse 12, And as a vesture shalt thou fold them up, and they shall be changed, but thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. Let's talk about 
uh, God, who is the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the creator. All things were made by him and for him. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He wasn't created. He was incarnated. He was from the beginning. He said, I'm Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. The Bible says in John 1.14, And the word became flesh. Verse 9. Be not carried about with divers or different strange doctrines. Here we go. For it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace and will not meet or traditions, which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. Don't be carried about by strange fly-by-night doctrines. Okay. Well, if you do this, if you do that, people will take one scripture out of context and establish a doctrine on it. Listen, the Bible says we are right to rightly divide the entirety of the Word of God. This implies ideas foreign to the gospel message is what it means. Okay? In other words, uh, the New Testament church had a lot of problems with Jews coming in and pushing what Judaism, in other words, saying, well, it's okay to love Christ. It's okay to follow Him and accept Him. But you got to keep the law, or you got to do the traditions, or you got to be circumcised. Or, you know, but that's not what the Word of God teaches. We are justified by faith and faith alone, because Jesus Christ fulfilled the law. So we don't have to keep the what observances, the sacrificial feast. Amen. They're good examples. That's what the Word of God says. All these things were examples for us, but we don't keep them. Amen. Amen. We don't we, we don't do these things. Jesus Christ fulfilled all of that, even the Sabbath, the Word of God says. He is the Sabbath. So it's Jesus Christ. And it's Jesus Christ alone. And it's him crucified. So he says, Don't be carried away about with divers and strange doctrine. The Bible says, Don't give heed to 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 what seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Don't be tossed to and fro. The Bible says, But every wind we're speaking of doctrine. Okay, verse 10. We have an altar whereby they have no right to eat which serve the tabernacle. We have an altar. So this, this uh, bluntly states that we cannot serve under the old system, what they call the what Levitical order, and serve Christ at the same time. You cannot function under law, we've talked about this a lot, and under grace at the same time. You just be torn apart, tossed to and fro, divided. Okay, verse 11. For the bodies of those beasts, this is under the sacrificial system, whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin, are burned without the camp, burned outside of the walls or outside of the city. So here's a what? Comparisons made of the sacrifice of beasts and that of Christ. Word of God says these beasts were burned outside the camp and Jesus was crucified outside of the gates or outside of the city or without the camp. But the difference is, his was the supreme sacrifice. No longer does there have to be animal sacrifice according to what the word of God says. The Bible says the life is in the blood and I've put the blood upon the mercy seat for an atonement for your sins. Verse 12, wherefore Jesus also that he might sanctify progressively the people with his own blood, with his own blood suffered without the gate. 
All the sacrificial system and everything that God established before Christ is a type of the ultimate sacrifice which Jesus Christ established the new and the everlasting covenant. Verse 13. Let us go forth therefore into him without the camp. <clears throat> Pardon me. Bearing his reproach. We are to take on Christ. The Bible declares in the book of what Philippians that he poured out. In other words, it's called the what kenosis of Christ. In 1 Peter 4.14, If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. Hmm. That's a mouthful. We live in a world that blasphemes him, that talks about him, that maligns him, but he is glorious because we know him. We know he's the author and the finisher of our faith. We know he's the soon coming king. We know that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You can't escape this. Amen. He's king of kings and Lord of lords. And the Bible tells us in many, many places who he is. The government shall be upon his shoulders. He shall rule where from Jerusalem with a rod of iron. And the scepter shall not depart from the tribe of Judah. Verse 14, for here we have no continuing city. We've talked about this before, but we seek one to come. In other words, we've said it many, many times, this world is not our final resting place. We are living in a temporary situation. Amen. I'm going to give you a reference. I'm going to read it all. Revelation 21, but I'm going to read the first verse. You can read uh, verses 1 through what, 27. But the first verse says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there were no more sea. So it's coming a revamping, a renewing. In chapter 5 of Revelation, we see when Jesus Christ was declared the Lamb of God worthy to crack the seals, that he started to do the redemptive work. He started to take the title deed back from Satan, who gained it because of man's rebellion. 15. Hebrews 13, 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. How often do we praise? Continually. Hosea 14, 2. Take with your, your words and turn to, to the Lord, saying to him, Take away all iniquity and receive us graciously, so we render the calves of our lips. Sacrifice of praise. Verse, verse 16. But do good and to communicate. Forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. But to do good and communicate. Forget not. In other words, preach the gospel. With such, a fact, with, with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. 17. Obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves. They watch for your souls as they that must give an account. Hmm. That they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Okay, obey them that have rule over you. Now, this is not this is not tyranny. This is those that God has sent in the body of Christ to preach the word of God, which are going to give an account for every word that they have spoken, as we all are. But if they're preaching the we the word of God, then the Bible says they're watching for your souls. Now see. There's much to do with motive here. This is what the Bema Seat's about. This is what the Judgment Seat of Christ is about. Where God will judge everybody's motives. Okay. Now if they're preaching and teaching to you, maybe 
Maybe something is out of line with the Word of God, or they're just using, which that happens. The term is usury. But if they truly are in the form of the Good Shepherd laid out in John 10, then they watch for your souls, and they must give an account. And they do it with joy and not with grief. And that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. In other words, if they grieve doing it, it's not going to profit you. In other words, we need to sit under good sound teachers. I'm sorry. Anybody that deviates, I'm not sorry. Anybody that what goes away from the Word of God or strays from the Word of God or preaches another Jesus, then the Scriptures say we need to get away from them. Separate yourself from those that don't preach the Word. Amen. So how will you know them? By their fruits. By their fruits. Maybe not the first day, the second day, but eventually, if you're around long enough, you'll see the fruits. And if not, there's... Might be a problem. Might be a problem. But uh, that doesn't mean that we worship them or bow down to them. It means we obey them that preach the word or obey the word that is being preached. Because they're simply vessels. And the Bible says they will give an account for everything that they speak. In, in Ezekiel 3, verse, verse 17, Son of man, I've made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the word of my mouth and give them warning from me. So, they're going to give an account. <clears throat> they're not the watchman if they're not speaking the total word of God, preaching the whole word of God, not giving the full word of God, not rightly dividing the word of God, and then we give an account. So, listen to those that are speaking the truth. Pick up your Bible that the Holy Ghost teach you what's true and what's not true. Never deviate from that leather book. Pick it up and read it. And make sure who's ever expounding it to you is telling you the truth. 18. <clears throat> Pardon me. Pray for us. For we trust we have a good conscience in all things, willing to live honestly. Pray for us. Pray for rulers. Pray for leaders. Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 6, verse, verse what, 19, And for me that others may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. That's Pauline right there. That's Paul speaking in that book, and I believe, I believe he's speaking here also. That we have a good conscience in all things, a clear mind, a clear conscience. In Acts 23 and 1, And Paul earnestly beholding the counsel said, Men and brethren, I have lived all good conscience before God until this day or up until this day. In other words, from the time he met Jesus on the road to Damascus, he was changed. And everything that he did was under the guidelines of the gospel through Jesus Christ. So he said, pray that in your conscience we speak the word of God for we trust. Pray for us that for we trust that we have a good conscience. So you pray for those to have rule over you. Like I said, pray for those. No, you know that that term makes people mad. I know that, but it's not it's not it's not tyranny. It's simply those that are preaching the word of God. If you've got a good pastor that preaches you the word, then then submit yourselves to them as they submit themselves to God. It's never God's will that anybody have dominion over another. But God has set the fivefold ministry in the church in operation 
that the church might operate as a, a fine-tuned machine. Okay. 20. <clears throat> I'm sorry. 19. But I seek you rather to do this, that I may be restored to you sooner. Now, that's, that's what Pauline, that, that, that's, that's how Paul talks. Okay. 20. Now, the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of what the everlasting covenant, the God of peace. The word of God says in Romans 5, 1, therefore justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. He brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, raised him on the third day. Romans 4.24 But for us also to whom it shall be imputed if we, be, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. In other words, the gospel is imputed to those that believe upon the crucifixion, three days in the grave, and the resurrection, and the ascension, and the setting by the Father's right hand. And we're looking for him to come back again. He fulfilled everything that the prophets talked about. And then the writer calls him that great shepherd. That great shepherd. Read about that in John 10, 1 Peter 2.25. Ye were all a sheep going astray, <clears throat> but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls, which is Jesus Christ, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. So important. Zechariah 9.11. As for thee also, by the blood of thy covenant... I have sent forth thy prisoners out of the pit wherein there is no water. So the blood of Jesus is still setting men free. He'll set you free today if you call upon his name. 21, Hebrews 13, 21. Make you perfect in every good work and do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ to him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Working you perfect in every good work to do his will, his perfect will. So many people say, well, there's a will that's what permissible. I don't know about that. I'm not sure what's a real good place to be. And you that is well-pleasing in his sight. Philippians 2.13, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. This is through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now here we have the closing words of this letter. Hebrews 13 and 22. And I beseech you, brethren, suffer the word of, exhort, of exhortation, for I have written a letter unto you in few words. Know ye that our brother Timothy is set at liberty with whom, if he comes shortly, I will see you. Has to be Paul. Salute all them that have rule over you and all the saints. They of Italy salute you. Grace be with you all. Amen. This is the benediction of this particular chapter. So we finished up the book of Hebrews. We know that God at sundry times and different times and different ways, he moved through the prophets, but now he moves through his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. And we know that the theme of this particular book was better. Giving us a right to go boldly before the throne of God because the middle wall 
of what petition has been torn down, giving us access into the Holy of Holies, whereby we come in and pray and bring our petitions before God. And the Bible says he's faithful and true to answer these things as long as we pray in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is the most powerful name in the universe and the world because he's King of kings and Lord of lords. And the question today is, do you know him? We're living in peerless times. This is the day before the, the, the great election. And we need to pray for the fate of our country. We need to pray that God has his will and God has mercy and grace upon our lives. And we need to turn from our wicked ways. As Daniel confessed in chapter 9 of the book of what? Daniel. We've sinned, Lord. We've failed you. We've forgotten your precepts. And we need to repent. We need to get a mind change in this country, especially the church, because the Bible says judgment begins at the house of God. So the Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, for with the mouth a man confesses and with the heart a man believes. And the Bible says repent, which means change your mind, get a new conscience and turn and go in a different direction. In other words, you're not going the same way you was. And call upon the name of the Lord, and you shall be saved. Father, we come to you today, Lord, in the name of Jesus, thanking and praising you, Lord, for your word today. We ask you today to save souls, heal bodies, deliver, and set free. In Jesus' holy and righteous name, amen and amen. God bless. Till next time. We want to thank you for listening to Truth in God's Word today. You can check us out on Facebook at The Truth in God's Word. There you can message us for any reason, whether it be prayer requests, comment about the show, or if you would just like to let us know subjects you would like to hear about on Truth in God's Word. We pray that you have a blessed day.